blue blockers ready. <clears throat> All right, so real quick, <clears throat> real quick. Um, oh my goodness oh my goodness yo i feel like this shit going like levitate away like <laughs> Listen, with them niggas. Listen, when they broke into the pyramid, this is how I feel. Look, when they blew a hole in the side of the pyramid, the Arab guys, right? And they snuck in there and they took the uh the papri and all that, that then allowed them to fake to the world like they created algebra algebra like like they created that you're gonna feel like one of <laughs> you're gonna feel like one of them when you get this in your hand i promise <laughs> yeah this book is crazy Oh my God, I had so much fun this afternoon playing with this book. Seriously, it's, it's nuts. I really enjoy this book. Yeah. All right, so we got two questions today. Actually, hold on, before we go into the questions. The guest, I was supposed to have a guest today. We pushed it back an hour to eight o'clock, right? And that's going to be on Instagram. So he prefers to go live on IG, right? So if you have my Instagram, jump on IG at Dr. Inky underscore did, right? On IG and we'll be live there. So the purpose of this live was actually, well, we originally, I was going to do it here on the YouTube, right? But the reason why I hit the live button instead of just canceling and being like, hey, we on IG is A, to explain that we're, you know, we're moving today's show over there. But then also I got two questions, uh, one of which was about uh, protein preference, right? And I, instead of texting back the, um, the person that asked me the question, I was like, that's just probably a bunch of people thinking that. So um, there are some really high quality um, whey proteins out there now that don't have the, um, like a lot of the fillers and all of those things out there. So for you non-vegan guys that's interested strictly in whey protein, regardless to what anyone tells you, make sure you're going top shelf you have to spend a good bit of change on whey protein to find something decent um for the rest of us that um that's trying to go the plant-based route um i think 
right? That's a disclaimer in and of itself, right? I think, right? I think that, I guess here's the problem with that too, because hemp is, just in case you don't know, hemp protein has become the most expensive plant-based protein on the market. I've been telling you niggas this for years. There is no such thing as superfoods. That is a commercial gimmick, right? That is a commercial gimmick, but it works every time. I remember when a pound of goji uh, goji berries was like $3. Then they slapped superfood on the side of there and that same pound turning like it's crazy now to get a pound of goji berries. They did the same thing with hemp. Nobody was interested in hemp. Hemp powder was dirt cheap. And then we start discussing it as a, a high quality plant-based protein. Then they start promoting CBD. And once the CBD hit, like when we start discussing this as plant-based protein, the prices went up a little bit. The stock went up. But once the CBD market, like once CBD was for sale in fucking Walmart, forget about it because now you got to remember cbd is a hemp extract cbd does not come from female weed plants okay that's we just to simplify it in the the uh the marijuana cannabis community the male plants do not have high amounts of thc the male plants have a very low amount of THC. The male plants have a high amount of CBD. On the flip side, the female plants have a high amount of THC and a low amount of CBD. So the CBD extraction business primarily surrounds the hemp. But it's the exact same hemp that you and I want to buy for the protein right but now we're both competing for sales of the hemp so anyway hemp prices is up through the roof right um with that being said pea protein powder you can still find really affordable and i think that mixing the hemp protein powder with the pea protein powder is the way to go the hemp protein powder. If you're trying to make your own, do your own thing. I think that's a good combination. Hemp protein powder with pea protein powder. Um, and then, you know, you, you got to live within the means of your budget. Because a lot of people try to splurge on health stuff. That's not it. You need to work out a fixable part of your, your, your income that you can continuously spend on your health that's where the results come from because it's consistency it doesn't make sense if it's beginning of the year and you do a big blast on whatever and then by february you back to the bs and that's the 11 month program you know what i'm saying or 11 and a half month program because you did your thing on the health tip for two weeks like it's consistency so the all these two books are going to help with accountability and coaching. These are the Dr. Inky in the house books. Okay, if you follow, you're good, right? And then we set up 
some tutoring, some one-on-ones, whether they're consultations or you tutoring the studies throughout the material, though, and right? So that was the first question. Actually, that was the second question. The first question came from Bayat, which was like, okay, yeah, let me jump on this real quick, right? But then after that, I seen the question about protein, but that answer was smaller. So I was like, let me get that out the way first, right? So that's my response in terms of the protein. It is the hemp mixed with the pea, or they got some really oh you know what's a good one too that you might want to try um but depending on what you're doing right humapro humapro is a um <sighs> hold on for a second kayla Anyway, um, and be careful. Um, what was I saying? Children and a dog. So anyway, hemp and pea powder, and then we move into Bayard's question. Bayard's question. Wow. Mm, that's a hell of a question. I don't know. How should you pass them out? I would say, um, I would say not to pass them out is the best way to pass them out. <laughs> so get them, have them to give them away, but Speak to the science to people and get them to commit to being interested and willing to read and go through the book with you. And then drop off the book with them and spend a little, like maybe a little hour or two going through some of the book, then leave it with them, tell them to read it, and then come back and check in with them maybe a week or so later. You know, hey, where you at in the book? And, you know, wherever they at, you know, you, you know, add a little sauce to it. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, if they haven't finished, tell them, look, I, you know, I'll be back on you in, a, you know, I'll be back on you in another couple of days or a week. You know, let's, you know, let's see where you at. And, but, yeah, I wouldn't just pass them out. I would make sure that these are people that I know have some sort of interest in the material. So that way. Yeah. Cause I, I was fired up. I ain't gonna hold you. I wasted a lot of money in um, stuff like that. I was fired up thinking the information is is so you know what I'm saying like I'm about to save the world. Let me print a thousand copies of shit and pass it out. <laughs> People ain't even reading it. You know what I'm saying. So qualification first. Make sure that this is somebody interested and they'll at least attempt to read the material, and then you got a good candidate. Bang. Go through some of it with them initially, you know, the first 10, you know, five pages or whatever, or skip around in the book. You might, because depending on the person you're talking to, 
certain parts of the book might be more relevant to their situation. And so you could just go through there and say, hey, you know, look, look at this part right here. Remember, I was telling you about this. This is that right here. Then they say, oh, OK. And then now you can say, well, if you read the whole book, it'll give you more understanding of that specific part or whatever the case may be. All right. I'm short on a book right now. Clotavia. Chloe, Aubrey, Kylie, anybody? Oh, there you go. Go get my, um, the movement book. I think it's on my bed, please. The movement book, the book with me on it. All right. With the nice watch that I no longer have. <laughs> But yeah, so Bayat asked me, um, in which section of the book do we talk about? Wait, let me see what time it is. All right, good. All right, my blabbing didn't mess this up because I know I'm gonna need at least 20 to 30 minutes to for this answer. Stop. You're not light skinned, you're dark. Stop hating Chloe. You're dark, not light. Dark skin is light skin. Anyway, so Bayat's question was, um, and somebody else, a couple people had, I mentioned it on one of the lives, and a couple people hit me up. And when Bayat sent me the same thing, it was like, oh, okay. Since I got this hour, um, I might as well answer a couple questions real quick. And now I'm now I'm flipping like where is it myself? Hold on. <clears throat> okay, here we go. All right. So if you have the book, right? The movement book. Now his question was in what section was it discussing the Euclidean uh the shapes? It's kind of all throughout the book, even though it's not worded that way, but where it gets highly specific. So, you know, for sure, like this is this is where we at right here. Is... OK, we got. Time in the Bible. Time in the Bible. Hold on one second. Let me have this daddy moment. All right. So you're going to go. Actually, where you're going to go is the article on page 225. There we go. I got to block the light so you can see the book. But right here on this page, right, it says, 
spontaneous chemiluminescence of human breath spectrum, lifetime temporal distribution and correlation with peroxide, right? And then you flip the page, you know, and you go into the article on how oxygen carries light, right? And that article is going to be a couple pages. And then that's going to turn and lead you into the article that we had published March of 2019, March 2nd of 2019, where we talk about chemiluminescence, right? The Dr. Inky article. And that's on page 235, right? Directly after that, that article, those two articles lead into that conversation, right? So we start off, uh, yada, 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 every cell uses its nuclear DNA as an antenna and blah, 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 The centimeter or royal finger. So second paragraph, I guess. The centimeter or royal finger created the royal leg or meter. This is a part of the assumed wealth France retained from Egypt. You can't be outraged about supposed cultural appropriation like this and not be fired up at the theft that we, meaning me and you guys as the 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 uh, the founding backing members, you know, of melanin versus diabetes, right? Um, by our own people, you know, the, the intellectual property theft. Um, people even, come on, I'm not even going to turn this into that. Anyway, we're moving. People say the information should be out there. Blah, 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 blah. All right. So it starts right here, right? Last paragraph. The origin of the measurements of space organized in its modern format by these ancient masons. A defined space is required for time measurement. Even if measuring time of pulses or oscillations, the resting state is the defined space, right? So before we go any further, right? The origin of the measurements of space organized in its modern format by these ancient masons a defined space is required for time measurement. So that is the first thing. And that's why you hear people talk about space, space time, right? Because one is, you can't have one without the other. You can't have an experience of one without the other, right? So you need a defined space in order to create a measurement of time, right? So you say like, for instance, you you like a football coach you have a guy run a 40 meter you know 40 meter dash and time right so the defined space is 40 meters now you have movement across that space and you measure the movement across that space and that creates a time the measurement of the movement across the space creates a time which is why this is the original motion that we all associate with time, a pendulum, right? A pendulum is traveling a defined space and it has an escapement wheel that is transferring that kinetic energy into a, it's transferring the first 
which is raw energy, spirit, into the second. Right? The first is movement. The first is movement, vibration, which creates energy. That energy is spirit. Right? So you can call that the first if you're more comfortable that way. Right? But movement and energy are inseparable. Movement and energy are inseparable. Right? Lack of movement equals death. Movement, life. Life, light, energy. That is the first, the spirit. So that's created with the movement. So you have the pendulum for that. The pendulum is attached to an escapement wheel setup thingy. Right? It's a little set of teeth that control how much of that energy is allowed to be converted to the mechanical, you know, to the mechanical gear system that's going to allow the second hand to move forward. And you see the second hand is always going. Bah, 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 bah. And the second hand controls the minute hand. The minute hand controls the hour hand. So all of the gears and all of the movement stuff inside your clock or your watch are geared to the second hand. Anyway, all this is important to get to the Euclidean shapes the relationship of time and space, right? Because if I don't make these points, then the later stuff is not going to make sense. And it's just going to be like, yeah, I don't see how that connects to the, the shapes, right? So we're there, right? We got that. Um, time, how much time I got left? Okay. So I'm skip through some of this stuff. But anyway, we started this combo on 236, right? So... Um, Oh, yeah, bam. That's a great analogy. I talked about contractions. Anyway, now, when we talk about measuring pulses, right? Like if I measure your pulse or um, if we talk about the oscillations, like the vibrations of a, a crystal or um, at the atomic level, something like that. Give me one second. Right. So if we're measuring pulses or oscillations, then the resting state is the defined space. Right. When there's no movement, you compare that against the movement. Right. All right. If movement in our brain is based on something, we're going to jump down. All right. 237. So we start with, yeah, we're going to skip 237, but we're discussing the origin of measurement, right? So 238, actually, we thank Femi Krasnaki, Krasniki, excuse me, um, for his work. Um, you know, we read, he's, he's, a, he's a, sh a strong reference, you know what I'm saying? Um, but we talk about how all measurement came from water. That's also un very important, right? So um, in order to create a system of measurement that withstand the test of time, 
the system of measurement had to be based on something that would not change over time. Get it? Because people that's not initiates, they don't know what the system is. Only initiates understand the inner knowledge. So when we're talking about these ancient masons, their nomenclature, if you will, was the royal finger, the royal foot, the royal leg. And they didn't share information with people that was not initiated into the, the secrets of those orders. So the Cowans and eavesdroppers, they said, oh, it's the royal foot. It's the royal leg. It's the royal finger. So these niggas that's building all these fly things down here in Egypt, you know, down here in North Africa, these Africans that's building all these fly stuff out here in North Africa, they basing this off the measurement of their king or their monarch or their pharaoh. And it's the pharaoh's foot, pharaoh's finger, pharaoh's leg, that's the royal measurement. And it's like, no. Because then that would change with every pharaoh. How do you have construction? <laughs> How would you have construction if every 10 years all the measurements change? Because you had a pharaoh who had a size 10 shoe, right? And the royal foot based on his foot. And then the next time you got a, you know, a nigga wear a size 13. Now, no. So that's not how that works. What they based the measurement on was a drop of water. One drop of water on a hydrophobic surface, meaning a surface that's not going to absorb any of the water. So the water will beat up on it, right? You drop one droplet of water, and that one droplet of water will always have a diameter of one centimeter. So the diameter of one droplet of water is where the origin of measurement came from. Centimeters and then the royal leg was one meter, right? So that's where you get that from, right? Royal fingers, drop of water with a diameter of one centimeter. And even today, 5,000 years ago, today and in 100 years from now, one drop of water on a hydrophobic surface is going to have a diameter of one centimeter. Centimeter is something that was invented by the French. Now, here's how they play word games with you niggas that don't stay in the studio long enough. They telling you they invented the, you know, they invented the centimeter. Now, that's correct. That is not a lie. But it stops after the word. They did not invent the measurement. So you see how they playing with the word? Like they just took the royal finger and made up their own word called centimeter and slapped it on the royal finger. Drew a line through royal finger and said, this is now the centimeter. Drew a line through royal leg and then said, this is the meter. You see what I'm saying? So this is important. Yeah, so this is so this is important. 
in terms of what we're what we're what we're touching on here. So mind you, because of time, I'm jumping through here because I got the live with the brother. Right. I'm still keeping his name under wraps. Right. I got the live with the brother on IG. So check that out. Eight o'clock. Right. Um, now <clears throat> on page 238. We start to move into this space, right? So remember, all we discussed right now, we'll probably discuss it more as things goes on, but um, hold on. All right, so 238, uh, can we even call out a paragraph? Let's say third paragraph, right? So we pick up here. Let's use the day as the space and fixed distance, okay? Let's use the day as the space and distance. The day is a space and it's also a distance. It's also a fixated amount of time too, but and keep in mind we on our five, twelve, and sixty, right? Which is the divisions of our or lodge, right? Our watches and clocks, right? And those numbers come from what? The three, four, five triangle, right? Three plus four plus five is twelve. Three times four times five is 60. We know that 12 times five is 60. 12, five, and 60, right? 60 seconds in a minute, 60 minutes in an hour, 12 hours in a day, 12 hours in a night, 24 total solar cycle hours. 24 hours, if you didn't know, is 1,440 minutes. 1,440 minutes is 86,400 seconds, right? Now, man, I don't want to skip this shit. We're going to have to do this another day, too, because it's a lot of shit here I'm about to skip, right? But anyway, When we look at the American measurement system, because the American system is not the same as what they do in Europe. In Europe, they do centimeters and meters, right? What do we do in America? We do inches and yards, right? We do foot. A foot is 12 inches, right? But an inch is not a thing. That's fake. An inch is not a real thing. It's fake. 
an inch, the name itself is proof that this is stolen science, that they didn't know what they had. They got it from, they didn't figure this out. They got it from somewhere else. They stole it. Because an inch only means a twelfth. <laughs> Literally, a twelfth. So it's not a measurement in and of itself. It's a twelfth of the original measurement. And the original measurement is a foot, which is what they got from Kemet. But these are uninitiates, Cowan and eavesdroppers, so they didn't know what they really had anyway. But they, they read, they studied, so they knew 12, right? They knew 12 because that's what, anyway. So now we have, now we have a mathematical a basis for what we're doing, right? And what we're doing is we're looking at these numbers in terms of time and space so far, right? Or really just time. What we're doing now is connecting them to space, right? The moment, the 12 inches in the yard, right? Now you have 144 inches in a square foot, the same way you had 1,440 minutes in a day. Zero is just a placeholder. Still 144 is your number, right? In a square yard, there's 1,296 inches, right? That's half of your cosmic clock. You know, the cosmic solar year, that's the 25,000, whatever. Anyway, so in astronomy, we measure the cosmos as space in, not astrology, Remember, astrology is kind of the, you know, astronomy. Astronomy. How do they measure the cosmos? They measure space in astronomy in what? Minutes and seconds. Astronomy is the natural science that deals with celestial objects and phenomena in an effort to explain the origin of those objects, phenomena, and evolution. What we know now is that Darwin was an idiot and cosmic rays may be the culprit behind new genetic information in no time flat. In astronomy, yeah, sidebar, let me skip that. In astronomy, a circle is 360 degrees. 360 degrees equals 21,600 minutes of arc. 21,600 minutes of arc equals 1,296,000 seconds of arc. Now, pay attention. Let's go back again. In astronomy, a circle is 360 degrees. 360 degrees equals... 21,600 minutes. 360 degrees also equals 1,296,000 seconds of arc. Now, notice the inches in the square yard. 1,296 inches. That 1,296 is the same as 360 degrees. You just have different in terms of the placeholders, right? So I'm showing you these patterns, 
right? These patterns are what link time and space to your biochemistry. And this is why all throughout the body, you have timers. You got timers, timekeepers. Right. So to go further, right, to go further, basic geometry also says a circle is 360 degrees, right, which is 490s, right, 490s, four times 90, right, or four squares, right? A triangle is 180, right? That's 360s. A pentagram is 540. Four triangles equal to tetrahedron, which is 720. So all in this section is where we go over the shapes, the numbers, the relations, and then some of the math, right? So hopefully, Bayat, that was, that was a good short answer i want to come back and do this with some more visuals and really take my time through it but it was on page i want to say 236 that the conversation really starts to 240 where it's just like super plain what it is that how how these things are linked together right and then all throughout the book obviously but the almanac is going to drive those numbers home for you. That relationship between time, space, and biochemistry. And then this is the sublime mathematics of diabetic arithmetic. Hey! Talk, yo, talk. Yo, I should sell this book. This book is worth, listen, the intro pages with the Roman numerals on the bottom is worth a fucking million dollars by itself without the rest of the book. This shit is epic. It's up. But uh, thank you guys for your time. Thank y'all for the support. I don't have my cell phone, so I can't thank um, the last few folks that uh, sent in cash apps right now, but I will pretty soon. Um, catch us on IG. I'm about to turn this off. And hold on. Oh, shit. What? Yo. That's epic right there. Shout out to my big cousin, Cavario. That's the goat right there. <laughs> in a world where, well, first of all, back in those days, when, when he was on his vegan shit, there wasn't even a word as vegan. So nobody was vegan back then because the word vegan wasn't even in usage or maybe even invented yet. Everybody was vegetarian, and that was it. You had people who ate regular, and then you had vegetarians. And vegetarian had a one-word meaning. It meant herbivore, folks that ate plants only. 
You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like how it is now with vegetarian, lacto, you know, and all that other crazy shit. Alkaline, raw, and this one and that one, and vegan, and it wasn't that. It was the plant eaters and then the everything eaters, and it was simple. And, yeah. <laughs> this this guy right here. <laughs> Yo, he didn't fit into no fucking mold. Period. There's no guys running around in the street eating all plants and, you know, like, with the crazy vocabulary and, you know, so just people like this around early on, like, just really allowed me to just think outside the box and then follow my thoughts, period. Follow my thoughts. Hell yeah. Damn. Definitely appreciate you tuning in, champ. Hell yeah. So I'm lit today. I should go. I should. I don't never do it. Even though I be saying like I should go play the number, I don't gamble. You know what I'm saying? But when I have days where stuff like that happens, I feel like that's a day that, you know, yeah. If I was a gambling man, I would probably go scratch off or scratch off or, you know, generate me a lotto ticket or some shit. Man, I love you too. <laughs> for real, for real. Hell yeah. That's it, family. I'll see y'all on IG. We about to start that live in about 15 minutes. I'm about to go walk this dog so she can stop acting crazy. And uh yell at the kids probably because I'm almost certain they didn't clean up the dining room after they just ate. So 